0: That's a sensational catch, absolutely brilliant from Hooper. Was hit back firmly by Mallow. Hammered down the ground, it could fly all the way for a maximum. It's going to soar into the sky. That's the six they needed, that's 50 for Brush. What a knock that is from him. Outstanding striking, and that six brings Guernsey back into the game. It'll be a catch, what a catch! One handed grab, and that's Josh Butler the captain. Oh my days, we have been treated to some catches in this tournament
1: Welcome to Under the Covers, Guernsey Cricket's very own podcast I'm Ben Furbrush, Guernsey Cricket Development Manager and on this podcast we will be chatting to players old and new coaches, administrators and other cricketing keen beans along the way On today's episode of Under the Covers, I catch up with Head of PE at Elizabeth College School, Tom Eisenhuth. Welcome, Tom, to Going to Cricket's podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? So you grew up in Australia, is that right?
0: Yeah, um, thank you for having me on. Um, Yeah, so I grew up in Sydney, um, or Bankstown in southwest Sydney, so uh, it's a a particular um, part of Sydney that, you know, it's it's very sporty and, you know, I think... uh, You know, from Ian Thorpe to the Wall Brothers to half the New South Wales cricket team and then a a fairly successful uh, rugby league team as well. So, yeah, it was a very sporty area, um, you know, and it was a a very, you know, outdoorsy childhood.
1: Uh, You mentioned rugby league there. That was obviously your main background was rugby league. So you you played to, uh, was it academy level?
0: Yeah, so I I played uh, for Canterbury for a little while. you know, it was it was a it was a phenomenal experience. It was uh, you, you learnt a lot about you know you know that there's that there's a big threshold gap between just playing with your mates and having fun to then trying to make something out of the sport. So it's that you know you you go from you know you wanting to be a footballer to then all of a sudden you're having an opportunity to really do it and then the, all of the the you know the change in culture and the change in expectation and everything that goes with that. So uh, that was great. It was um, it set you up for a career in you know in sport um, because you're you're sort of at the other end of the spectrum you never made it through that that pyramid you, you you fell out the back of it and you know you put yourself in a position where you you learn a lot from those experiences so hopefully that transfers over into you know, pretending to be a PE teacher.
1: <laughs> um, f- from Sydney then you do you move to America was it?
0: No no uh, so I came I uh, pretty much finished my degree and then I decided I was going to uh, go and travel and uh, I was going to play some some league in, in England as well so you know I just decided to get up and go and uh, it was great you know it was one of those things where mum laughed and said you'll never leave home and then I went and bought a plane ticket and uh, she sort of regretted saying you'll never <laughs> leave home so uh, yeah and then and then uh, from there we you know we were, I was there for a good seven years um, in London and then we went to the Middle East for a little while and then back home um, to Sydney where my daughter was born and and then uh, we ended up back in London. Um, my wife just couldn't stand Australians, so um, so we, you know, she <laughs> married one, but <laughs> she struggles with them. But um, yeah, so it was um, it was great uh, to go back home. or uh, Well, I thought it was home as well, so London. And then um, you know we ended in Guernsey. It just you know, one of those you know, chance things. Becky grew up here um, herself, anyway, so this is really her home. And she, we met in London and a job came up with a, a long license and, you know, I left my job and had no job and I got here and, you know, had a couple of different things that you were doing as, you know, while Becky was you know going forward with her career. So, yeah, it's been it's been a, an adventure.
1: So, so with that, when you came to Guernsey, um, I believe you worked for the Guernsey Sports Commission to start with yep. uh, and then went into education following the Sports Commission. Uh, was that straight away with college?
0: uh yeah so i I came over and i was i'd finished a uh, uh was PE teacher in in London for all that time and uh worked on the school sports partnerships uh and was there at the end of that and that transition to its current state now so when I came over, I just assumed you know there wasn't going to be you know the sort of you know the the job with the the level of responsibility and the variety that that offered in Guernsey and um I decided I was going to do accounting and and Stuart feller um, met with me out of coffee, and then he offered me a job, and said, "You know, we'll we'll, we'll do your training for accountancy And then, as I was going along, um, you know, I just got offered a chance to do some coaching with the college, um, Elizabeth College, for with the cricket, and then that just evolved. It was just, right? You know, it's you know, not yeah, me, yeah. What you know it's who you know, so.
1: yeah. And that now leads you on to head of sport at college, um, following uh, David Ray's departure a couple of years back. Now,
0: yeah, um, it was it was a probably about as you know, a perfect replacement for my education. Uh, that you could ever get. You know, I went to where where we grew up in Sydney, you know, uh, Maltese, um, grandparents and, um, you know, everybody knew everybody in, in where we grew up and, you know, my uncles were taught by some of the teachers at my school and some of the people that taught me were, you know, in my uncle's classes and they talked about my uncle and all their records were still in yeah. the school records and it was it was a bit like Guernsey, uh, like you never, like if I got in trouble, my grandmother knew before my mum did. So, um, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, you you're you almost have this little microcosm of Sydney where nobody really leaves and it's sort of, you know, it's a bit yeah. like, you know, here. Like, if I, if I went home now, you know, I could go to the Reesby Workers Club and it'd be still the same people drinking, doing the same things, you know. It's, yeah. it's just just the, just where we were and the way it was. And, you know, leaving was always, oh, look at this guy. Look at him going off to make something of himself. People always start to feel, it was a bit like, well, hang on a second. You're not allowed to leave, you know. Custodian yeah. Highway and that's it. So, um, so, yeah, it's one of those, It's it's just, you know, it's a... A school that has sem- many similarities to what I experienced as a school, and you know, yeah. and, and, you know I was very fortunate. The PE teachers that I had were, you know, they, they they really stuck their neck out for you at times. So
1: um. yeah, and obviously, college um, put a huge emphasis on sport. Um, I was lucky enough to, to go to college myself, and and with that, I mean, i played football, cricket, tennis, hockey, all these sports uh, at school, uh, which is which is fantastic. So I know there's still the keen emphasis. On that now as well, isn't there?
0: Yeah, very much so. Um, I think uh, it's just that it's that it's that whole evolution um, of that sporting spectrum, and, and and you know, I you know, you go back to your experiences, and you know the the you know the people that in my family that are still playing, and, and you know, taking part at a pretty high level, uh, and that the journey that they've been through, and you know, you're not there to see that, but you, you, you hear about it, and you understand a bit of what they've gone through. Um, and, and that's very much where we're at is trying to balance up that idea of, you know, finding a way to support aspirations to go into elite sport, but at the same time, trying to make sure that you've got an opportunity for everybody to take part and find something that they love. And, and you know, that's the that's the challenge for everybody that works in sport. And I think that, um, you know, the more and more you, you go through this experience of, you know, being a PE teacher and somebody enjoys coaching and, you know, being involved in those sort of conversations is there isn't really an answer to the problems that we have. there isn't really an answer to you know what we want to try and achieve. you know we've got a system at college where we we really do um, value participation, but at the same time, we want excellence like you know, there's, yeah. you know' it's just that fine line that you're running between the two all the time so as a very broad and balanced offer, um, you know it's, it's by no means perfect. I don't think it is in any way shape or form, but it's it's, you know, it's trying to be better, which is the most important thing.
1: And it's always sort of an ongoing thing with the college to to uh, improve. I think one of your mottos is, is if something's working, is how can we make it better?
0: Yeah, very much so, yeah. Like, I think uh, if you get stuck, um, particularly in sport, you can get into a comfortable place. And once you get to that comfortable place, you know, that's when you start to let... The, the 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 kids that are clinging on for a little bit of attention down they're the ones that are sat there in the background that are desperate to play you know are desperate for a little bit of reassurance and you know once you get comfortable and you know you sit back and think everything's okay they're the ones you miss not the ones at the top yeah. you'll always you'll always be there it's that that little fella at the back there or the little girl that just Desperately wants some sort of recognition for their efforts and their and they're trying and that you know so if we're not moving forward you know th- that's who I worry that we miss you know we'll yeah. always be focused on the top and you'll always know the ones at the bottom that aren't playing it's that middle bit that just you know they they you know they're the ones that are sort of you know, desperately require a little bit of reassurance
1: yeah I think from uh, from our point of view from the guns creek's point of view you've done a great bit of work for um, the entry level of cricket as well so uh, you run a Saturday morning cricket club. Um, which, you know, I think one of the the good things about that is it's a great first start of cricket. Uh, I think the boys get a hot dog at the end um, for their attendance. So Some boys will just turn up for the hot dog, which, which is fine, but at least they're playing a sport and getting involved. Um, The other thing with that is at the other end of the scale is the College Sports Awards. That was a great evening. Uh, I was lucky enough to be invited along to that. Um, And again, it's just celebrating success, which is something that you're you're keen to do as well. Yeah, very much
0: so. Yeah, like uh, we, um, I remember um, I was at school and I had, uh, there was a a fairly small school, very similar. Um, I think we had one boy went to the Los Angeles Dodgers on scholarship. Another boy brought down the playing handicap at one of the leading golf clubs in, in Sydney. Four of us went on to play. Um, rugby league to a pretty good standard and and that's just the ones I can remember like you know we had um, other boys that went on to become you know at the time um, international skaters and they had their own brand and stuff like that Mm -hmm. like it was it was a fairly dynamic place and you know there was always there was always a way for you to be involved and to do things and 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 I think that um, you know those sports awards sort of reflect that aspect yeah. of it where you know those ones but at the same time that Saturday morning cricket you know it's alright to just hang out with your mates you know and that's, yeah, yeah. You know, that's one of the things that we, we we really want to get across with cricket is that you know it's, it's okay you know it's okay to just have nothing to do other than sit yeah. around a boundary and just enjoy each other's company and, and I think that's sometimes lost with you know everything that you're, you're, you're trying to get into a game and out of a game sometimes it's okay to be bored you know it's okay to just sit around and have a chat yeah. and you know and you know that that's our job to make sure that you know we, we make the games entertaining by the the way we structure it Um, you know a lot of that Saturday morning cricket stuff is all based on uh, the South Australian Cricket Boards, you know they're changing the pitch sizes, yeah. changing the boundary sizes, making it easier to hit boundaries. You know, making it the ball's not constantly out of play. Uh, some weeks we'll have two um, balls either side of the wicket, so that if they bowl a wide, they're still hitting the ball. And all yeah. of a sudden, you've got three cricket balls flying around the pitch, and you know, you, you, no concussion jet, But you know, you're, you're the, the the key thing is that it's you know it's just action, and there's plenty of action for them to be involved in. So.
1: Yeah, I think the the key thing there is um, you've made a lot of games around. Uh, I remember last year we did a, a half term camp and you had a game. Uh, was it Chuck the Chicken? Yeah, uh, yeah, which is which was a great little game. If you want to touch on those sorts of games, or yeah,
0: so we 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 like I have a real problem with podcasts and there's a, a front one of my friends has just finished his PhD and he's done some work up at Liverpool John Moore, um, Dr James Rudd, and there's a, another podcast with. Um, uh, with Rob uh, Gray from um, Arizona State University and it all looks at skill acquisition and how we learn and you know the various You know theories that are out there, and you know we we very much we believe in the the context of the nonlinear pedagogy. We believe in the ecological dynamic psychology, and you know dynamical systems theory. All these you know really important buzzwords. But at the end of the day, it's just it's a game centered approach. Or you know, and that's not trying to diminish it because I think you have to really dig deep into the detail on those you know those areas to appreciate the game design and you know how you structure practice. And because you're looking for a more implicit work as opposed to explicit. and, you know, there's some you know, fascinating research in those areas about, you know, how, you know, you hit a form slump and the, the coach that's told somebody all the time how to do something, you know, they're the ones that find it harder to get out of the form slump than the one that you've structured practice around the game and the game's helping shape. I think um, sometimes the, 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 the reason that those theories aren't or those practices are uh, not as... Um, you know, not as well adapted, or not not as adapted, but not as well taken up at you know elite level is the the fear of time and, you know, we haven't got enough time to do things and, you know, you, yeah. you need to feel like you're in control, you know, like the whole context of the coach or the PE teacher, like, I, you know, my my best friend, um, you know, his dad lifted me off the ground one day and, you know, told me that's not what you do when you play footy and dropped me on the ground and, you know, I was all good with it because I just wanted to play so it wasn't him doing anything other than, you know, he knew I wasn't paying attention or wasn't concentrating as much as I should have and, it, you know, and he was just, mate, you need to sort yourself out and, and it was absolutely fine, you know, like I got yeah. no problems, you know, like, you know, I wouldn't. You know, wouldn't do that
1: now, and I guess that's obviously reading um, players or students' personalities yeah. uh, to work out what works for one player might not work for the other. Yeah. Um, even the way you you approach something or speak to them about something, uh,
0: I'm saying like I'll run through the wall. You know, like that was never a problem. Like you know, I you know I was pretty compliant there, yeah. not elsewhere. But I was you know I genuinely you know wanted to play, so whatever it took, I was happy to do. So you know that for me, that was the right approach. And again, that comes back to that. You know, I keep you keep looking at it from a, you know, when we're talking about the game-centered approach or we're talking about, you know, non-linear pedagogy or, you know, um, constraints-based learning, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to use those uh, theories and concepts to try and inform your own practice as opposed to become dogmatic and fix that this is the way it's going to be. It's about trying to be adaptable, understanding who you are as a coach, understanding who the people you're working with are and, and making sure that, you know, you've got a really... You know, you're tailoring and adapting, you know, to each situation you find yourself in. You know, some days it's going to mm. be, you know, proper old school. You know, you're in charge and you run the show, and that's fine. You know, that that's part and parcel of knowing who you're working with yeah. and and, yeah. and taking a.
1: I think that probably changes as well. Um, often at the it's probably lower end, yeah, it's more game based, but it's probably more more coach led um, and actually um, giving them some sets, rules, and structures. Yeah. Uh, whereas the higher you get up the the sort of ladder, if you like, uh, if, if we look for college. Sake, uh, year seven is probably very much different to what the first eleven training is. Yeah. Uh, first eleven training, the boys know what they need to do to, to what they need to get out of it. Yeah. Uh, just with me sort of steering them in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Whereas year seven is probably a completely different story.
0: Yeah, it's um that's that. There's a really really good. He, Rob does a journal club and uh, he has um a group of coaches around the table and they and they're talking about how they you know they they they've they've gone away from talking about coaching sessions and you know a coaching plan to. Um, to uh, you know to, to design you know uh, you know how are you designing an environment and activities that are going to get the most out of you know the the time for those kids and those players and you know the, as you go through so you know your practice design will evolve um so early on it might be yep that there's more structure in there and then as you go through you're taking away those things because uh you know it, like i i lack the i really like that the, the the definition of like movement solutions, you know, that's what you're looking for. You're not looking. You're never going to have the ball bowled the same place at the same time. You know, by the same bowler. You know, the wind's going to change, the sun's yeah. going to change, the noise is going to change. You know, all those things are changing. So, you know, you're just adapting and
1: creating yeah. those movement solutions. Um, you know, as you go along. So, I think in cricket as well, that's the that's the thing. There's a lot of extrinsic factors which you can't control, uh, uh, particularly as a batter or even as a bowler, you know, you're all determined on what the other person's doing before what you're doing.
0: Yeah, and, like, I think it always goes back to how... um... Uh, Nick, um, Nick Pothis, who I know you've had on, like um, Nick talks about his coaching and the first thing he said to me is that if you don't have anything to really add to it, don't say anything, you know, and that's the most important thing is that, you know, you know your limitations and you know where your strengths and your weaknesses lie and you know how, you know, you know, and that's why I like the, the, that from that podcast, there's a thing called a service team and that service team is a group of people that sit around and they talk about practice design they talk about what issues they've got coming along and you know how they're trying to you know design another practice to you know to elicit this type of response and they're sharing each other's ideas you know that that to me seems like the best way for you know coaching not just in guernsey but in general like get a group of people that you're comfortable with and you know share ideas and yeah you know listen into you know how they're trying to you know create an environment you know that that can you know really um help you know, help those, you know, those players move through that next yeah. stage into that next
1: level. Uh, you mention uh, Nick Pothis uh, there as well. He, uh, something that he touched on was the fact that when he first landed on Ireland, the first thing he did was go and speak to rugby. He spoke to football. Yeah. He spoke to all the different sports. He, he wasn't a local guy, so he didn't know what, what to expect from us. Um, and he said he tried to get as much information as possible from other sports and, and how they run things and what works, what doesn't work, what you should expect from players, um, which, I, which I guess, was that a challenge when you, you first took on the role at college?
0: yeah I think the, the 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 biggest thing is to it's go along and then get along so mm-hmm. you've got to you've got to really sit back and like the worst thing in the world you could do in Australia is go out and tell you how good it was over there because mm-hmm. I know that everyone's just going to push back against that and you, you, you when I first came over and I was working with the sports commission there was probably a degree of that you probably came and you thought well, what are these people doing you know this is how it's done in London and you know yeah. that's not necessarily right you know it's just that's how it's done in London and I, and that's part of that 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 process that you go through as a coach so you know there's another academic Shane pill and they talk about the learned apprenticeship so it takes roughly seven years for you to to not coach the way that the the coaches had the biggest impression on you or Mm. the teachers that had the biggest impressions on you so like i always remember you know mr crow was done this way and you know and and that was it you know and it's still mr crow it's never going to be john it's always going to be mr crow because you know that that and and i had the utmost respect because he just knew it just needed to be direct and clear and then i would have been fine with it so you know there were seven years of me thinking that that's how it's always done you know and that doesn't make it wrong it doesn't make it right it just means that there was seven years where i was going through this process of wanting to be in control and you know looking for characteristics of me and the pupils and that that was never going to happen you know it takes a little bit of self-reflection a little bit of time and a little bit of sort of having the right people around you to say actually you know that doesn't you don't need to do that you know you can this is another way and yeah Uh,
1: uh, and uh, with, with that, I guess, uh, would you say within personality traits, quite an obsessive personality? I think I think when you uh, find something from the outside in, is you, you've taken up running recently, and uh, I think you refuse to run anything less than about hundred k a week at the moment. So, so it, well, is that sort of that competitive sporting background that's, that's driven you towards that? No, yeah, it's more of the hundred and five kilos that
0: I. Was <laughs> at, <so. laughs> you know, it, it was. Um, it, it's like I. Um, you know you, you just have it's about trying to you know you're trying to get better and you're trying to make you know the people around you get better and that and sometimes you get you know you're so far down looking at your own you know what everything else the wrongs of things so you just mm. need to And go for a run was just one of those things where it just cleared your head you know? yeah although I've done 100k every month until this month this has been, <laughs> it's been a pretty bad month but <laughs> I that 20k I've got a couple of days to go to try and get 80 so <laughs> um so yeah so it's 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 just part of it yeah i wouldn't say you know obsessive like you know i like I you know just want to do a good job i don't i don't really think too much other than you know my job is to you know to try and you know create a structure that enables everybody to find something they 're passionate about, but more importantly you know to give those kids the opportunity to you know push on if they if they really want to push on we've got to have the structure that you know provides that for them you know and that that that's like you know that that that's genuinely you know, so everyone's, you know, every sport in every part of the world in every P department in every country, everybody's looking for the same answers, you know. How
1: do I push them and how do I pull those along? You know, it's, it's just yeah. part and parcel of it. Yeah. Um, it, obviously, we're, we're talking a bit about podcasts on a podcast. Um, there's plenty of very good podcasts going around on learning. Um, I think we're in a great position now uh, in terms of something where media is actually um, portraying the best things. Uh, podcasts, obviously... You listen to quite a few yeah. um, which which really enhance your learning, should we say
0: yeah I, the, the, rob rob 's podcast
1: is outstanding, and there 's loads
0: of other p e ones that you 'll pick up along the way uh, and skill acquisition ones but rob Rob is you know, Rob is a you know very academic guy. You know, and you know you, you're talking as if you know the bloke, but you don't. It's just that you've listened to so many of his podcasts, yeah. and he takes away so many things that you're. And I think there's a certain degree of bias. Like I genuinely believe that it's better done via the game or done in a in a situation like where where you're sort of creating yeah. as close a link to the game that they're going to play when they're older. You know, it's like the if you teach somebody to dribble around a set of cones they've got to learn to dribble twice because the cones don't move and and everything yeah. about the place is you know you know quite unique
1: so obviously that's directly linked to um game-based practice or variable practice or fixed practice um which obviously you, your orientation of it is that you, you like to go as close as you can to a game um but there is time and place for, for the other ones as well within the sports
0: yeah, that, that, and that's that that's the beauty of uh coaching, um, you You sit here and you the more you listen to you know the academics talk about it that believe in the ecological approach and you know you, the you listen to the academics uh, there's still you know, there's still a place for fixed practice, so it 's about meeting in the middle uh, and that's your that, 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 that one of the things that came through on uh, there was another podcast I was listening to I can't remember it was you know, they, were, they were discussing that how do you get the relationship between the academics so how do you get that, that, that you know the lived experience you know, closely aligned with the academic researchers behind it and you know, sometimes it's you know and, and a lot of academics now that you're listening to and the, uh, that are talking about uh, you know their role is they they understand that and they get that and they're trying to work out how they can bridge that divide uh, and how they can And make their 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 papers more accessible and it it is hard like you know i read my reports from when i was a kid this morning with my my son and you know tom doesn't pay attention was a fairly common theme you know and and i and i you know for me to get through an academic paper is a real effort you know you you really have to concentrate and you really have to try and you know take your time and you have to go back to it every now and again and and just to make sure you understand what you're doing so it's when you're talking now doing the podcast and you're doing that you, you really are I'm very cautious to, in the past, you would have just been like, well, I know what I'm doing. You know, I'm, yeah. you know I've been yeah. doing this for ages. You know, and I don't think that helps coaching and I don't think that helps uh, teachers as well. I think that, you know, being somebody that's self-reflective and that you have to, you know, just take your time and really consider what you're doing as opposed to just go at it like a bull at a gate, which I don't think there's a problem with that necessarily. It's just... You know, when you're when you're trying to design programs and design, you know what you want your P program or your coaching program mm. to look like. It's better to be a little bit more reflective and and not be dogmatic and not think that one is right over the other, um, you know. And 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 then take the time to listen to, you know, to to those people out there that you know that they've got great ideas and they and you know, they really want to share those ideas. Yeah. And and that's the that's the beauty of podcasts. That's the beauty of you know social media. Um, yeah. Twitter is just a you know phenomenal place for you know if you find the you know you get you you follow a thread and then you'll pick up all these other people yeah. you know you can be a good thread it can be a bad thread depends on you know what you're following but you know the the you'll 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 get people and they'll just
1: like leave little ideas all the time and yeah you know. It's, I, I, I think you, you touched on it there as well that um, coaching is just evolving so much and I, I guess teaching is as well uh, from where it used to be to where it is now. Um, the example in cricket is everything used to be by, you know, the Lord's textbook is this is how you play a, a front foot defensive is, but actually now is it can you keep the ball out and how do you keep the ball out? Is that effective? Yes. Does it work for you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right, let's work with that then. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's the same with, with every other sport as well.
0: Yeah, and that, that's like, you. that's the 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 John Bradmans and the Steve Smiths and the, you know, those sorts yeah. of characters that that they'll they'll always be someone like that. You know, the, the problem that you, what happens with that is that uh, people are quick to say, well, they're just a freak and they're just a, you know, they're brilliant. And it's just, they're incredibly talented. Not that you know, Steve Smith works incredibly hard and that, yeah. you know, that yeah. system is built because he solved all the problems that he was facing as a young cricketer. So, you know, this is the way they're going to bowl out there. So I'm going to hit it there. You know, That that's him. Like that's that's solving movement solutions. And you know, Don Bradman. It's as growing up as a kid that just lived and breathed cricket, and that's all I wanted to do. You know, the War Brothers. You know, I would be playing at Memorial Oval, and if New South Wales wasn't playing, you could walk over to Bankstown Oval, and you could sit there, and you had you know basically the New South Wales cricket team behind you and you know, they, they were just knockabout guys from you know panania that, that my teachers played against as as, yeah. as cricketers so it was that you know you just lived in so you understood how bradman you know evolved and you knew that he had the stump and you knew that he had the golf ball and you knew that it was yeah. the water drum so it's it's just it's just that it's just that process of it just you know they're not freaks they're not you know supernatural they just worked really hard and they they found better ways to solve lots of problems and I, and, and that's where we're going with all of it you know and i don't think that um, sport has the you know if we let the scientists take over and it becomes too you know Tick box yeah. and too mechanical, then people lose interest. You want that yeah. quirkiness. You want that. So as coaches, it's you know, and that's I think the thing we talk to the boys about at A level is that you know, how Americans see sport is sports entertainment. So you know they'll adjust yeah. the rules and change the rules to make it more entertaining for, for entertaining for for consumption. Uh, we we still have lots of tradition and lots of history, history that we hold on to dearly and we don't want to lose. So it's about trying to manage those you know those expectations of you know that we have to understand that it is a commercial world and. And, and that, you know, every kid's a commodity, really. You know, if they, yeah. someone is successful, that's an enormous, you know, boon for your it's,
1: sport. And I think as well on, on technique-wise, um, if you look at, uh, at cricket and bowling, everyone has to be a certain certain bowler. Um, if you look at Jasper Bumrah, for example, for India, uh, doesn't bowl anything like what the textbook says. But as long as it's safe, actually, it's probably harder as a batter to read what he's going to do. Mm. Um, and so it's, it's trying to work with that as long as it, you know, it's, it's safe uh, and they're strong enough to support what they're doing, uh, then it, you know, it's, it's letting them get on with that and, and working with what they've got there.
0: Uh, we, the, more you, the more of those players that come along the, the better for the game the, the better yeah. for, for all yeah. sport the more unique um, you know, a, a ways to approach things it's like um, DeChambeau with the golf Like you yeah. know, he, he, he'll change it for everyone and then all of a sudden we'll all have to catch up to him and, and that yeah. will be the way that the, the game's played so you know, the, the only way they can manage that is they change the course they make the courses you know, longer they make them the bigger turns you know, they have to try and reinvent themselves um, because that's what we're always trying to do, you know. Yeah. Is that you want, you, if you're not trying to get better in sport, and you're like I said at the start, you're just sitting there and staying the same. You know, you're missing somebody. You, you, you're not, you're not engaging with everybody, uh, or you, and you're just becoming, you know, an expected outcome. You know, and I think, um, you know, I've been telling my A-level boys for for five years that things like the European Super League for football, they're they're inevitable. You know, the way that sport is moving is that yeah. it's just. You know, you want to play those players that sort of money. You, you've got to try and maximise every moment that's out there. If you want to, you know, get more kids involved in your sport, you've got to maximise every opportunity you've got. Every session is that, you know, a chance to, you know, hook someone and to, to yeah. bring them in and you know to make them really fall in love with your game. And if you just think, oh, I just, you know, I just get through this lesson or you know, get through this session, you know, that's yeah, yeah. You know, that that's part and parcel of your know, that whole approach. And, of, and
1: within Guernsey cricket, I mean, you've got actually the chance to play international cricket. So. Uh, I, I, there's not any other sport on Guernsey that o- offers that, and that's not taking anything away from other sports. Uh, that's just where we position ourselves with the ICC, and we're fortunate enough to, to have that opportunity.
0: It's, it's amazing that uh, a place this small um, it can you know generate what it generates. You know, not just from a sporting perspective, but from a, from a global perspective. You know, a tiny yeah. little place like yeah. this to you know, to punch where it punches is. Impressive. And, and that's because of the ability to adapt and to change. And, you know, and I know that everyone says that Guernsey is the donkeys and Jersey are the crappos, you know, and I, I get that, you know, you're stubborn, but you're stubborn in a good way. It's like that stubbornness that, you know, keeps it on a steady foot. So what the, you know, the college's motto is uh, Semper Adem, you know, always the same. Yeah. And, you know, that doesn't mean that it's going to look and be like it was in fifteen, you know, fifteen sixty three. It just means that yeah. it's gonna always be the same. It's always gonna provide that 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 sound base for young people to go out into the world, and you know that's what Guernsey has, and and you know it's in spades. And you know, imagine being a twelve year old kid that grew up where I grew up, and all you ever wanted to do was play cricket. And you know, yeah. playing for Australia was so far away. Like you know, playing representative cricket for Bankstown was you know it was an enormous achievement in itself. But to then. Yeah go off to, to New South Wales from there and then to Australia that was miles away like here you just you turn yeah. up to training and you, you show you're enthusiastic and you're engaged and there's that many people around to support you to give you every opportunity in the future um, you know, it's, it's pretty it's pretty impressive
1: Bold him beautiful bit of
0: bowling from William Peatfield the stump comes crashing out the ground and that's a big wicket here in Guernsey versus Denmark at the KG5
1: that's the first wicket. Letizia is the one who strikes. He gives it a big celebration. He writes
0: it up in a book. He notes it down and sends them off. You can add Manfred Singh to that list. That's the breakthrough Letizia needed. That's the breakthrough Guernsey needed. And that's the breakthrough. And Mark Ladder to my left one. It's a big smile on his face.
1: And a wonderful shot there. Cover drive for four. Those are already finding the boundary twice in this game. Uh, and with college, um, obviously... We've benefited it from Guernsey cricket, uh, but you've, you've gone down the route of sort of um, using specialists within the sports. Uh, so so Ross Allen in football and Geordie Reynolds in, in rugby. Um, and, you know, how, how's that going?
0: I would like to say it's revolutionary, but it's not. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's just what happens. You know, it's, it's the fact that we have a, I have a finite set of skills, you know, my, my skills involve, you know, Making good sandwiches and you know, burning you know, you know, <laughs> down around. the pavilion. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> very dry sense of humour. You know, like that's that's pretty much my strength. You know, after that I'm I'm in a bit of a struggle street. But you know, the the idea about having you guys involved is that that that's that point of having that bridge in. You know, like the one thing I picked up from London is that, and uh, the one thing that I think will change PE as a subject and change our role in the sporting you know community is that it doesn't finish at 4.30 as much as we would like it to you know as much as we would like to think about its GCSEs and its A-levels and all the academic stuff you know our real job is you know what what happens for them you know from a physically you know active you know moving you know enjoyment of sport those sorts of things are that's really at the core of what we do and I don't think that you can afford as a department to you know or as a subject you know teacher to think that it's going to finish for you at 4.30 or four o'clock or after that after school club you know it's one of those things where you need to immerse yourself in your sport so you know if you've got somebody in your school that's in charge of you know hockey and or, or football you know you what you really want is them to be as immersed in that sporting community as close to school as you can because the more they are you know the more benefits you get as a school and I know it's very different you know again and i go back to my time in london that's not necessarily going to happen in london because there's a lot of schools in a condensed space and you don't have the same access to sport but it's you know and and you know we've gone through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of programs that we're always going to bring you know, school into sport into school so that you could have a basketball club based at your school. And, you yeah. know, the idea was it just naturally means that everybody's going to take up basketball. No, it's not, you know. All it is is that you can have a basketball club based in your school. And the only way to get your kids to go from your after school club into that basketball club is if you as a teacher, you know, show a real interest in in that process and you become that, that part of that bridge that crosses over. So signposting and giving out flyers and, you know, turning up to the first session, that's all well and good, you know, that's, that's great. It's what you're, you know, what we do with you and we do with um, Ross is that, you know, we want you to become part of that program and not be an add on to that program. We want you to, you know, feel as if your contribution is having a wider impact on what we offer as a across the board. And, you know, the, the idea of us having a service team and, you know, guys sharing ideas, like that, that's about as fundamentally important on that next phase for us. And, you know, if you're an 18 year old boy, um, and you want to play for Guernsey Cricket and you're not quite there yet um, but you, you, you know our job is to help that transition over to cross that bridge so yeah. you don't want to lose them man. you know you're 18 no. yeah, yeah. you're yeah. finishing your a levels i've had a great last year you know you we've had some great cricket we've had melbourne grammar we've had schools from all over the country come over you know you've had this really wonderful experience and then the season ends and then all of a sudden you're not in that comfort zone you're not in that that, that blanket yeah. you're not yeah. with the college and your mates and you're not with me and you know you're not getting a donut when you get a duck you know <laughs> all those sorts of things that they're not there anymore because you're out playing with men and you know game's over. Not like in the past where you went up to the bar and you had a drink, you know, people would go home and you know, there's that you know, that not that same camaraderie at times in a club. Not that there isn't, it's just a different camaraderie to what it is yeah, when you're yeah, a mate yeah. somebody that you've been to school with since you were 11. Yeah, and I, I think
1: that's where the college are actually exceptionally good. Um, from this season, particularly, uh, they had a great team unity. Uh, They're all mates, but they varied from year, as sometimes as young as year nine, mm. right the way through to, to upper sixth. So, you know, it's completely different age groups there. But uh, the way they work together is fantastic. And also their buy-in was, was exceptional. We, we were out of season and everyone wanted to play. We, you know, we weren't... We weren't at school. It wasn't a case of putting the team on the notice board like it used to when I was there. Yeah. It was a case of, right, we need to email or get the captain to text around, find out he's available. Every week you have 20 guys available. It's, it was incredible, really. We,
0: we, you talked to him and that, you know, that goes back to Nick as well. Nick walked in and I asked Nick to, um, when I first started coaching, I said, it would be great if you gave the the captain that year, you know, you know his his blazer, and Nick went okay. So they were all in the sports hall, and uh, Nick came in and he, he talked about you know his time at school and what it meant for him and the legacy that you leave behind, and it's all you know, it's like everybody wants to talk about legacy and everyone wants to throw out these cliche words in sport and that's because it's easy you know that's yeah. just what we do you know we, we we find a theme and we 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 run it down as far as we can and <laughs> you know the 10,000 hours you know that's not, you know it was like for a moment there like nothing mattered unless you were doing 10,000 hours yeah. you, like and when you actually look at it it's like well actually hang on a second here what are they talking about and you have to but you get carried away in it and you, and you get carried away with emotion and all the other things that come through in sport which is you know, your job is to, you know, to with those boys is to just be that you know that that steady you know that steady balance. You know, you're just, you're you're moving along forward, and and they're gonna have bad days and good days. They're gonna be on the boat, off the boat. You know, you're just gonna have to be steady and move it forward that way. And you know, those boys, um, yeah, and it started probably. You know, six years ago, and it was very much that that moment when Nick said, "You know, it's about your legacy and it's about what you leave." And then we we talked to him. We said, "Fellas, you can go and play for any club in the world you want to, and you'll get yeah. the opportunity to go and play for any club in the world." But when you finish and you're 13, that's it. Yeah, you're done. You're yeah, done. you know, yeah. you don't come back to that club. You're yeah. you're moving on to that next phase. Uh, our job is to make sure you're as prepared as you possibly can be for whatever it is that phase is be it trying to play for guernsey be it trying to go off to the boys that are going to go to australia this year or be it you know and that that's probably of all the successes we've had to have two boys to have the uh the guts uh to 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 apply to that darren lehman academy yeah definitely like we we wouldn't have had that a few years ago yeah Um, there would have been boys that would have liked it and would have done just as well um but you know To have the confidence to say, "Actually, hang on a second you know, I really want to have a go at that that 's yeah. probably the, the the biggest thing that 's come out of what we 've managed to do now that and the fact that they just hang around with each other yeah you know, they, they, they right. walk around yeah. the boundary they, but they enjoy
1: each other 's company and that, that yeah. was something that um, they, they brought up with me was the fact that you know they 're all good friends um, it doesn 't matter if you 're in year nine or if you 're in year thirteen it, it, it 's regardless as the point is when we turn up we, we hang out we, we chat. They chat about everything, um, but yeah, no, it's was, it was a great little team they've got there, and I, I can imagine it's the same within rugby, um, obviously you had Isle Man over uh, last weekend I think it was, yeah. um, and I went down unfortunately to watch a bit of those games, and it just looked like the, the guys were a, a great team unity, and then uh, off the back of that was popped across the road and watched the hockey, the hockey seemed to be, you know, again, college hockey's always been very high standard, yeah. uh, obviously Andy Good's there coaching as, as, as a Guernsey coach as well as college coach, so you know, he's... Yeah. Um, he's seen a lot of players through through that team um although he did voice his opinions on the sideline quite quite vocally to the referee the saturday i watched
0: <laughs> it's uh it, again it's that that 's what makes um that's what makes i think that's that bridge and i and i think that how p e departments look now um both you know in private and in in state schools will It will be very different in you know five years time. Now I I think that uh, you know the the mother is the you know necessity is the mother of all inventions. You know, and I think COVID is going to really start to highlight where. Uh, things are where you get your most gains from and, and, you know, what do you get, you know, what do you get out of, you know, what's the point of that? It's just something we've always done and it's yeah. always been done that way. So, you know, that, that's fine and sometimes that's that boat that just keeps everything nice and stable and, and other times it's actually that, you know, the anchor that's behind the boat that's not letting it go free. So it's about trying to work out what's adding value and what's not and I think that, this little period will be interesting for all of us as a as a department, as faculties, as, you know, sports people, you know, what what are we going to look like in, you know, four yeah. or five years' time? Yeah. And, and having those having those embedded relationships and having those people not just, that are just, you know, in the college, that are just all college, because you, know, you can become very inward-looking, you know. No doubt yeah. about how we, you know, how I went about it early on. You become very inward-looking because you're so desperate to try and, you know, get a game, you know, back again and to be kids to be enthusiastic about sitting around for six hours some days and maybe not doing anything you know that's a hard sell for kids that can just pop on and off their phones and the internet and you know their games cricket is not a natural place for kids to to travel towards or a direction of travel Um, so yeah it's it's one of those things where I think that'll all change I think the Mm. more open we become and the more engaged we become with local sport and the more we work with those sports and the more we integrate with each other the the greater the outcome like I that that rugby the other week was it was
1: sensational like well I mean you've gone from what probably three or four years ago from not playing rugby until you get to sixth form to To having rugby, I think it was in every eight single year group. But there was a, there was a game of rugby going yeah, it was, on. So it was pretty um, good.
0: It was it was just you know like I'm I'm rugby league, so you know we we grow up and we really didn't think much of rugby union. They were just you know they, you know they didn't even tackle. They sort of grappled. You know it was just you know we just you know it was part and parcel of you know being a kid from South West Sydney. You don't really have um you don't you know it's pretty black and white cut and dry (laughs) call a spade a spade sort of thing so you know it's just part you know it's part to see you know the boys just dive in and and throw themselves into something as physical as it is you know like I haven't paid for a while now, you know for good reasons, but <laughs> but but it it is incredibly physical, and like you, you know, because you're not around it all the time as well. Like if you're around it and you see it all the time, then you're you're in a habit of seeing those things happening. Whereas we just haven't done it for such a long period of time. We haven't had a school as you know genuinely you know driven by the game as, as yeah. King Edwards were. You know that they were phenomenal. And, yeah, yeah. You know, to see the yeah. boys just punch back at it was. That was it was really impressive, and again, that's a really young team. You know that that group of yeah, boys, yeah. they're very
1: capable. Yeah. Um, uh, it seems to be a, a sort of a correlation across all sports. There is the mm-hmm. fact that um, it, all the teams are getting younger uh, yeah. in in terms of uh, the college. Of sort of use, I think it used to be that you picked you know the top two years, and that's what you picked. Whereas now it's actually. If you're ready, you're sort of ready. Yeah. Uh, this year for, for college first level, we had Harry Duke playing. He, he's yeah. in year nine. He opened the bowling in one game, yeah. uh, which is great. I saw the other day. cam Riversmore, for example, was playing hockey for the first level. I think he's yeah. year ten. So yeah. you know, he's, he's only a young guy playing yeah. first level men's division hockey. Yeah. And it, I mean, he's probably the best player on the pitch to be honest. So, and,
0: and I think that that, that you know, I think one thing people will get out of this podcast is that I say you know a lot, and I think that <laughs> you know, that you could get blind drunk just off those you know those those two <laughs> phrases the thing about those uh that's that push and pull effect it's it's you know if you're good enough you're old enough and i, I and i know that that statement is very you know, very very australian and you know that's sort of what you grew up with as a kid like well if you're good enough you're old enough you know yeah. don't don't make excuses for your age you know if you're if you want to play it you know and you're, you know you're out there and, and that i don't think necessarily that's in the best interest of a child um but it's that push and pull effect so yeah we know the drop-off rates around that 15 point we know the kids are falling away from sport at the organized sport there it doesn't mean they're not participating in sport It just means that not in team sports as much as they used to be um so you will you will have naturally have more kids younger that are desperately keen that you want to challenge and you want to pull through and you will also have the natural that natural curve that sort of falls away so you know our first this year was seven year 13 but you know that's rare you know that that's you know that's a that's that's great. In the next year, it won't be anything like that. You know, you yeah, you you'll, yeah. you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll have one, next yeah, year you, yeah. So you'll you'll yeah. but you'll you'll pick up a couple along the way as well. Yeah. So you'll get a couple of that used to play that will come back in and play, and you know you'll have that natural, um, you know, you'll have that natural ebb and flow of players, um, and you'll have and you'll have that natural year group that will just be really keen, and, and that's yeah. just yeah. But so that but that's that's all the extracurricular things that you do. That's all of the extra things that you. You structure your program around. So when do you tour, and when do you trips, and when you yeah. do you, know, when do you do big competitions and major competitions? That all has to be factored in. It can't just be spontaneous and spur of the moment. That has to be, you know, factored into your progression, um, so that you're hitting them with the right level of competition at the right point to really test those ones that want to be pulled. And yeah. know, Cam's a great example. Like Cam, you know, him playing first eleven hockey now is essential for him as a, as yeah, a player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and you, you watch him play rugby the other day. He was phenomenal. Like, you know, I genuinely wouldn't want to, you know, have to tackle him. He yeah. just wants to play sport.
1: And so. Yeah, it's the same with cricket in the yeah. in the summer. He only, only obviously did games lessons, but. I've never seen a guy want to do uh, so much fielding practice, just and hit the ball higher and higher, just no fear whatsoever, which which reflects in his rugby and his hockey as well. And,
0: and our job again, that, that's that boat thing. You know, you're that boat that's just moving forward as a pea department. And it's going to get knocked and it's going to get whacked to the side, but you just need to be stable because he'll get on yeah. and get off. You yeah. know, for those sports, hockey, he's exceptionally you know capable at yeah yeah so that's where we want to make sure that we've got the right support and the right people around him and and that's the same for other other you know boys in the college um yeah and then it's about again it goes back to what we know about them and how much time we invest in them and how much we listen as opposed to tell all the time and how much we go out of our way to just you know know what's happening in the school and and, and then that's again that's that evolution of yours
1: department and it's that that a whole sports thing uh, which we're exceptionally keen in going to cricket is the transferable skills from other sports so you know with, with hockey there's obviously sweeping in, in cricket is very much a hockey slap shot yeah. um, so actually for us our system's very much set up that you play winter sports and, and that's what we want because there's so many transferable skills yeah. that you know the, the boys will benefit from that
0: the the, the, the the book that I just read the athletic skills model is pretty much nails that down they do refer to it as like a donor sport so you're always there's always a way of doning some you know some yeah. sort of you know movement into another sport and you know, they again they use um Anecdotal theories and, and ideas to support some of their, you know, their, their concepts, and that's fine. Like, you know, there's, there's some great stuff about how judo and, you know, and how play, the footballers that have done judo and have done, you know, that martial arts, they've learned how to fall. So when they go to do a bicycle kick, it's not that. It's their, their body's not stopping them from doing because it's worried about getting injured. They're, they just know how to fall. So, you know, yeah. oh, that's the ball there. I've got to get it over there. So, how do I do that? Well, I just throw myself over that way. And that's just what they've done because their, in judo and, and all the other martial arts where they learn to fly and yeah. they learn to fall, you know, that just becomes part of that solution to the problem. So, ball there, net there, put it there. Yes, Just yeah. jump and yeah. flick and turn. And, and And those things, the more you read and the more you engage with that, the more. I think our job as a peer department is to help um, sports to, you know, we, you know, this is our curriculum, we're running it in this fashion, yeah. so that all the invasion games line up, so that, you know, handball leads on to basketball, and in yeah. the last lesson of handball, you're talking about, you know, cutting in and cutting out, because your first lesson of basketball, you're going to talk about the value of, you know, moving into the key and moving out of the key, yeah. not necessarily worry about chess passes and, you know, it's it we you, you res, we resign ourselves to the fact with basketball that we can never do it well because our hoops don't come down to an appropriate height for an 11 year old to shoot yeah so you, you're not really giving them a great start to the sport when they're shooting at a 10 foot hoop when they you know they kind of get it up eight foot high yeah, yeah. They, those yeah. sorts of things you really have to factor in but those movement skills off the ball and those cutting in and the cutting out and you know that the idea of You know, those skills transferring over into hockey because our hockey boys are trying to run between lines as opposed to get behind the defender. So, you know, they play the older guys and they'll run in behind the defenders and our defenders are looking over their shoulder because he's behind him, whereas our boys are standing in front of the defenders trying to, you know, run onto a through ball because that's that football, you know, they've all played football and that's that. Whereas basketball and handball can really offer the idea of, you know, there's the defender, you know, if you're in front of the defender and you're the attacker, he's in control. But if you're the attacker and you're behind the defender, you're in control now. So, yeah. you know, all those sorts of, those core donor sport ideas, they're key and you know, that's part of structuring your games program in that way. So then if you can meet with the sports and know when their competitions are and their festivals are, then, then, you, then you build into that program. And that's just a huge amount of coordination. So that that again, that's the we're not going to look like we look like now. We're going to look very different. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, you might you might have a very different type of person running a department, more more like an athletics director from the US, where there's a lot more administrative work, and you know, you're trying to align everyone's programs and goals and things yeah. like that. So, you know, I don't know what the answer is, and I never would contest to knowing how to fix any problem, um, let alone a problem as as emotive and as you know complex as sport can be at times. So.
1: But yeah, like you said, it's, it's about growing that and um, l- learning on the way as much for yourself as it is for the students uh, and us as coaches. Yeah. Um, we, we, we can't obviously you know finish this podcast without touching on your award from, from last week's going to cricket dinner, um, the Alan Hamilton Services to Cricket Award. Uh, it goes back to those Saturday mornings. Um, ov- obviously, you, you couldn't have been there to, to, to pick it up because you are actually doing the rugby that weekend. So uh, you were busy feeding, uh, was it 50 kids, um some food after the rugby on the friday night but um yeah no thank you very much for all your work on that
0: yeah i I, I, um felt guilty because i just think there's much better people out there than me you know this is my job you know and i i like i I, got my dad's a builder so i went to work when i was seven and it was you had to move the bricks upstairs for him and so you started and you put the bricks down and you were like okay and he would go no no not like that because if you do it like that, that means that he has to reach over and he has to turn the brick over. If you lay it this way, he just picks the brick up and lays it. And the quicker he does that, the more money we make and then you'll get Christmas this year. So, you know, and that, that was it. So you just had this ingrained, you know, that there is a way of doing things and that, you know, it's about trying to... You know, just be, you know, to get it done. You know, Dad said you never walk anywhere with it. Your, your your arms empty, and he used to hate it. Like, you know, like, I just want to go and get a can of coke. You know, or get a drink. And it's like forty degrees, and you're like, no, no, no. There's some bricks there you can move them. <laughs> <laughs> see. But that was from seven. So you know, I, I and that's what's so it's my job. So I wouldn't expect to, you know, get any sort of reward for it. I think that, um, you know, there's the, the people that I've come. The people that I met through Guernsey cricket and and some of the guys, there's so many of them that you think, my word, you know, you give up that amount of time, you know, um, Bob, uh, yeah. from, um, from from Jazz, from Hats, Jazz yeah. Hats, yeah, yeah. Know, Bob McBride, but like, you know, they're the proper you know, guys that you know they deserve everything, um, you know that that Jazz Hats team, there's some blokes in there that genuinely, like I, I would happily give them every award, yeah, um, you know, and and Dave Pising and, and and other people that they just love it, you know, yeah. and, and and they. So they're the people that, you know, I think that, you know, deserve it. And my job, you know, is pretty clear. Like, I've got a job at the college to make sure that the boys have a good time, they enjoy sport, they find something they love, and that we provide them every opportunity to be successful in whatever fashion that looks like in the future. So, you know, and that part of that is, you know, finding a way to make cricket... You know enjoyable again and find yeah, a way to yeah. make cricket. You know it's okay for us to just hang around. You know, the, make them involved, give them the chance to look at the kit that we'll design, and you know, think about the kit that's going to come out, and all those things are just part and parcel yeah, of what yeah. we do. So, yeah,
1: well, that probably explains why uh, you built your own house as well. Then was was Max uh, lifting bricks up the stairs for you? Um, <laughs> he must have yeah. been about two then. So yeah, like I read
0: <laughs> I read my reports when I was his age, and then I looked at his reports. <laughs> becky's freaking out i said well look it'll be all right I said, you know, she goes i said when i said i think i've turned all right she said that's just nonsense
1: <laughs> no thank you very much for jumping on the podcast and it's great to catch up and really dive into coaching in in a completely different way um but yeah no obviously very well read on the on the subject so thank you very much
0: thank you and um yeah so it's been um it has been an unbelievable journey um you know, to get to where we are today from where, you know, where it started with Nick and, you know, all the trials and tribulations. But it wasn't that it was it was the game's problems. It wasn't that it was the, you know, Guernsey cricket's problems. It was just cricket, you know. It had this, you know, it was going through this transitional phase of, you know, trying to make it, you know, make it, you know, fun again. And, you know, yeah. uh, and like I, I remember the boys were at of, we were playing a school and, um... One of the boys uh, from their school said, oh, he doesn't really like cricket too much. He just has to play, you know. It's just part of what he has to do. And then the the, the the two, they were both in year 12 at the time, looked at each other and went, and they didn't say anything. And they came and sat back down. And I heard him talking because we, we, we were staying at a school down in the southwest different school. And um, we all sat around and, and just sat in a room. There was no Wi-Fi, you know. So we all just had to sit in a room, you know, pretty similar to this. And everyone was just on a chair and they were just talking. And one of them asked, well, why did he say that? and it was because they couldn't believe it you know yeah. they, they wanted to be there they they yeah. loved it you know yeah. they just wanted to be with their mates and have fun and enjoy each other's company and, and you know and it was one o'clock in the morning and we were all just sat there talking you know there was no this is kids ranging from you know 15 to 18 and, and they're all just wanted to listen to each other and you know share each other's experiences and talk about the game that day and you know what was coming up in the next couple of days and you know that pretty much summed up at that point, that was where we knew we were going in the right direction. You know, you, you had these boys that just wanted to play. They just wanted yeah. to get out there and enjoy, you know, enjoy the game. And, you know, that's all I ever remember. Just, you know, I could have, you know, given all the league was league, you know. I didn't yeah. even mind. But cricket was cricket and cricket was, you know, sacred. It was that, that thing in Australia that you grew up with That that's bigger. You know, you, you, you go into town and yeah. you'd see blokes like playing footy that, you know, that were big superstars at the time. But you know, it'd be like, okay, there he is. But you've seen an Australian cricketer, and you're like, oh my god! You know? yeah. And that was yeah. like the whole place stopped. And that, thats cricket. You know, that's yeah. cricket back home. And you know, and that's why you know it means you know so much to the country. You know, they, they always say that the, the the second biggest job in Australia is being the PM after the Australian cricket captain. Yeah. And it genuinely is that way. It is just a you know, pretty unique yeah. game. So,
1: no, excellent, and thank thank you very much once again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Guernsey Cricket Podcast. Remember to hit the subscribe button and keep listening. No one no one no one's gonna shoot me down alone. No, no one no one you're not gonna shoot.